Hey guys, Stacey Monroe here, and welcome to episode two in this four-part series for salon owners. In this episode, I want to talk to you about what I learned during the nine months of the salon being shut down, how it inspired me to change the entire way I run my business today, including my business behind my chair. I feel like I should also let you know that I am a sole proprietor. I have zero sponsorships and I've learned everything through trial and error. I am a self-made woman who I consider a life learner. I am free to run my business how I see fit. And so far, so good. (laughs) My hopes in sharing this episode with you today is so that maybe it sparks up some courage within you to go after the dreams that you have for your life and your business and to keep things moving forward and to never give up. So the number one thing I realized was that um, I didn't need a lot of money to live or run my business. At the time I was debt free, so that was super helpful. Um, I'm not now, but we're going to talk a little bit about that later. But I was really shocked to see how much money we really do need to live and how much money we really were spending on things we didn't need to spend it on. Number two, I was working way too much. I had no life. I was sort of stuck in Groundhog's Day and I was exhausted after work. My body was starting to have some issues, which after being home for as long as I was, everything corrected itself and it's still pretty good right now. And number three, I'm never going to hustle like that ever again. My hustle today is to seriously master minimizing my time in the salon. And I mean minimize. And when I'm not in the salon, to not think about it or worry about it because I know that everything is going well in there. My goal is to boost my salon revenue by 40% and work on retiring behind my chair in the next two years. I probably could stop working now, but honestly, I don't want to. Um, When we fully open back up, I went to three days a week instead of five behind my chair without compromising my my 100,000 revenue. Um, I'm off by 6.30 and I no longer work weekends. Uh, After the pandemic, when we reopened, seven people did not return to the salon. They were mostly my commission stylists and what commission I had left, I made them a rental offer they could not refuse. I restructured the entire way I ran my business for the last 26 years. And honestly, it was the best thing that I ever did. I went all rental and the profit was damn near the same. And here's why. When you hire an employee, you have employment taxes. You have workman's comp, back bar, you know, the color cabinet, all the bills and the whistles, meaning like the bowls, the foil, um, not to mention the whole station setup. And I've believe it took me about the profit from two commission stylists to afford the receptionist. 
And uh, now, you know, imagine that you don't have any of these expenses or overhead and you just have people paying you. So I am grateful that I am able to have an entirely different perspective on my business and profit and, you know, the hustle, all of that. A huge percentage of my profits were being spent on running the salon. And, you know, that was my business model. I've always been a fan of putting the money back into my business. And I suppose that's how I was able to grow within four years from just a five chair salon to at my peak, I was a 20 chair full service salon with six treatment rooms and three manicures. We had a shower locker room and a retreat area. So we were a 20 chair salon with a full day spa. Um, there were many times uh, throughout my 35 plus years as a hairstylist, I stopped working behind my chair because, you know, I got married, I had babies, I wanted to be home with them, I wanted to run my house. And, you know, of course, running a salon the size it was at my peak, it took a lot of time to run and there was a lot of managing. We built the salon and the spa actually from the ground up. And so that takes a lot of your, your time and, and energy. Um, my ex-husband and I used to fight a lot over me spending money to improve the salon all the time. I spent many nights on the couch because he was so mad at me uh, for not listening to him. He was a contractor. He did, um, him and his brothers, you know, built the salon um, in the beginning. And, uh, you know, if I needed some work to be done, I would ask him. And if he didn't do it, I would literally hire someone else to do it. You know, I've always had a natural intuition when it came to knowing what I needed to do next to create the success that I wanted. I did, you know, make a huge profit because I had a big space and I made sure to monetize every square inch of it too. Like I've got some great strategies about, you know, how to bring in more services, how to utilize your space so that you can hundred percent monetize all of it. Um, everything in the salon right now is pretty much hands-free and I love it. <laughs> I do feel like, um, I could, um, hire one full-time commission stylist or two part-time because of the amount of business that I am turning away. Um, I am having the salon phone be forwarded to my cell phone. I have two phones, so I know which one people are calling, uh, to the salon. And I really wanted to be sure to personally catch all of the calls. Before I did this, there were a few stylists at the salon that were answering the phone and, you know, honestly, they just weren't representing my business the way I wanted them to. And I didn't want people think calling and thinking that, that this is what their experience was going to be. Some people should definitely not answer the phone. One of them still works in the salon and the other one I actually ended up having to let go. Um, and, uh, when I do answer the call, I get to know the clients a little bit more. I can place the new clients to whoever has the time. Um, and I don't mind doing this at all because the alternative is to have, you know, different people that work at the salon that might not quite know how to book appointments or answer questions properly. And I wanted to stay congruent to the brand that we built over the last, you know, 28 years. 
Um, I didn't want to sabotage anything in there um, or upset my clients, you know, because there were times where I had some clients that um, were not happy with the way they were handled on the phone. So this way I got to eliminate a lot of that. Um, and I still do it to this day. I did recently switch to a different phone company. And so we are going to be running it a little bit differently, but um, so far so good. Um, when I do decide to add some commission back into the salon, I'm going to be extremely picky about who comes in and mainly, um, because I don't want to go back to micromanaging people again. And the stylists that I work with now, they literally are the best team I've ever had. And I don't want anyone to come in and rock the boat before when I was hiring commission, I was always coming from a desperate place because of the amount of business that I was losing and that I was saying no to, you know, we've always been known for the, um, all the walk-in business. We have a lot and, um, that's, you know, not really the best hiring practice, hiring the wrong people without this, the stellar skills, you know, just because you need someone to fill that chair and take those walk-ins is actually going to cost you hundreds of clients a month that are not going to return. And those clients that are unhappy are going to actually talk about your salon and they're not going to be sending people to you. Um, and so my motto is always, it's seriously unacceptable just to lose even just one client. Cause one client can potentially be several clients based on word of mouth. Um, and if I do hire a commission again, um, I'm going to restructure the uh, percentage because of, of how we charge now and the type of high ticket services we do. I talked a little bit about that um, in the first episode of this series. So if you haven't listened to that, go ahead and take a listen. I have some great ideas about that. Um, so let's just talk real quick on what my financial scenario was before they shut me down. I was debt free. I'm not now because I had to pay my landlord the past due rent, which equated to 75K, yes, $75,000 I owed my landlord. That is insane. Um, of which I negotiated way down, um, as well as negotiated a new lease. I felt like, you know, I needed to have some leverage and I only had like a year left on my lease. So I said, Hey, look, you know, let's negotiate a new one. Um, so I made the debt manageable for me, um, to continue to be able to stay open and make a profit. And my landlords worked with me cause you know, I've been in the same place. Um, I started in a small building in the same strip mall and then moved over to a bigger building, which is where I am now. And then I also rented the space next door when I had the full spa. But in 2014, I ended up selling that. And so now I just have one space. So I have a very good relationship with my landlord. Um, when we did open back up, honestly, I lost a lot of the fire under me for many reasons. Um, as I'm sure, you know, most salon owners did, like maybe you did. Um, I was trying to figure out, you know, what my options were and try and find some motivation again. And, you know, at one point I actually offered someone a 50-50 partnership where I was just going to give them half ownership of the salon without giving me any money because, you know, this person had already owned four salons and I knew that they would just come in and, you know, shake it up a little bit in there. 
um, you know, my intuition was telling me that I needed to make some big changes so that I could stay in the game. I was tired. I was a bit burned out and I didn't feel like, you know, I had the energy to reinvent the salon one more time. Cause let's face it, opening open for 28 years, you're constantly reinventing, right? Especially because our life changes. So our needs in our business changes. Well, I guess well, you know, I guess what? I literally ended up finding all the motivation I needed because, you know, here I am. I re um redid the entire salon. I remodeled all of it. And um, you know, I was being encouraged by a few stylists at the salon to do a few cosmetic changes. Um, they were really trying to help me and they were very sweet and I was super resistant at first. But um you know, if you're like me, sometimes it just takes some little small seeds planted to get, to get you off and running and motivated into a different direction. And that's what happened. They were sort of planting a seed. Um, I just couldn't see the vision, but you know, eventually I did. Uh, so, you know, like I said, I ended up completely remodeling the salon. I sold everything and ripped everything out, giving it a complete makeover. It looks completely different. Um, and I want to just let you know that I did not have the money to do any of this. You know, we had just come out of being open and, you know, I didn't have the money. And so I thought to myself, well, my daughter's the designer. I'm going to get together with her. So her and I sat and we created, um, the salon on paper first and, you know, what we wanted it to look like. We went over different scenarios and I said to her, you know what? Let's just do this Let's and let's see if the money shows up. And if the money shows up for me, I'm just going to do it. And that's exactly what happened. You know, we created this dream board. We started looking for the furniture that we wanted to buy and the financing showed up everywhere. Um, what I did do was I added a half day to my schedule every week to help me pay for many six-month term financing that I did. Uh, I just was like, I went for it. I said, you know what? I'm just going to do these six month finances for, you know, $5,000, $8,000, just all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm in the opportunity where I can just add to my schedule to help me pay for it. And that's exactly what I did. I added Fridays. I did mostly half days, sometimes full days. And I just kept feeding the ATM machine. And I'm happy to say that I have paid everything off except for the big bill that's going to take me a few years. And that was from Minerva Beauty. You know, I financed the furniture through them, you know, because they had some financing op options, which was great. Um, and, you know, that's the beauty of this industry, right? Like it's super abundant and we can make whatever income that's necessary and that we want you know, if we have the right strategies in place and, you know, I was lucky, I was lucky that I have a salon that's, you know, we still get a lot of walk-ins. So when I opened up my books, my schedule was pretty busy. I vlogged the entire transformation. If you want to see what we did in there, um, I have some reels on my Instagram pages. Um, and, uh, I don't know if I have any on my Facebook page, but you can see on Instagram, um, you know, the before and afters, it was a lot of fun, you know, doing those videos. Um, the results exceeded my expectations. I am literally in awe every time I walk into my salon and I feel so grateful for all the people that I work with. Um, and I will add that, uh, I work with, I want to say three people 
that were working with me about four years ago who have recently came back. And so it's kind of just like working with family again. It's been really nice. Um, and our clients love it too. Um, now, of course, if you are thinking about doing some changes, you don't have to go as crazy as I did, but you can get the same motivation for making some small cosmetic changes to your salon. Like maybe you can give it a quick paint job or, you know, put some new curtains or blinds in the windows, you know, add a couple new chairs, you know, you don't have to just go completely nuts with it. Cause I've done that a few times too. And it really does make a difference. You know, I'm the kind of person that runs a little wild with an idea. Um, I always just go for it because I always believe that everything's just going to work out and it always does. You know, I'm not sure if you ever heard Tony Robbins talk about how we can transform anything with just a simple two millimeter shift. He uses Tiger Woods as an example. Like Tiger Woods, he changed his swing by two millimeters and became number one in the world. And so that's what I want to inspire you guys to do is just like baby steps, two two little millimeters of whatever it is that you need to do to get a different perspective or make some changes in your life and your business. Because those two little millimeters at a time, they add up. So I hope that um, this story inspires you today to follow what feels right for you right now. Um, And something that's really helpful too is, you know, I like to sit in silence a lot. I enjoy stillness and I didn't realize even how much I enjoyed it when, you know, when we were closed down for nine months, I had a lot of free time and we all did, right? Um, There's a book that I highly recommend um, if you're a reader and it's called The Art of Stillness. Um, It's it's really good and it's only like an hour and 20 minutes. So I encourage you guys, if you want to kind of learn a little bit more about stillness um, and and quietness, then that book is, is really great. So I'm going to just leave this episode right here. I'm going to work on part three in this, this series. If you have any questions again about anything that I talked about, um, you can reach out to me at Stacy at stacymonroe.com. And I hope that, um, that you are well and we'll see you on the next er, episode.